Hi, my name is Nick Thompson and I run holisticvet.co.uk. We're based near Bath in England. I'm Dr. Brendan Clark. I'm based at Towerwood Vets in West Yorkshire. And my name's Dr. Conor Brady, the non-vet of the gang from dogsbirth.ie. And together we are Raw Pet Medics. <laughs> Are you well? Are you ready to discuss a very, very dubious paper? It happens to be about vegan food, but that's almost beside the point. It's just really, really bad science. Are you ready to go there? Are you ready to go there? Okay, we are not having a go at vegans. If you choose to be vegan, absolutely good for you. There's a lot of amazing recipes, there's a lot of amazing food out there to eat, and that is absolutely brilliant. But your dog is a facultative carnivore. Somebody had a go at me on Facebook about that. They said, well, dogs are omnivores. Therefore, you know, try and get your facts right. It's like, mm, please send me the facts because last time I looked, they weren't omnivores. They were carnivores. So that's, that's another thing. Listen, we can't run past that. You gave your children some beef stew and they cried. Brady, just oh, give us 20 awful. seconds it was on tough. that, please. Because I'm, I'm, not, I'm out of the swing of kind of working with beef at all. I don't really know. I can cook meat, but shoes. So what did I do? I bought, saw a half-price um, kind of sirloin steak as a butcher yeah, guy. And yeah. he had loads of it. He says he swore it was in date. And I said, no, this is perfectly good. Sirloin steak, but it's too lean. There's no fat on it. And my mother would be telling me, no, that's the wrong meat. But it looked like a fatty piece. So I got these two huge sirloin steaks. And I thought, okay, I'm going to pop them in right. the stew. Put them in my slow yeah. cooker. Uh, and I don't follow recipes is my problem. I have a quick look at a recipe and then I'm gone. And uh, to like four hours later, slow cook, tough as old boots. Kids were crying. The carrots weren't even soft after four. I don't know. Maybe the thing wasn't on. And it was just. Okay. That's absolutely. Uh, it was awful. I was right. feeding them yeah, raw okay. stuff in, so. in the soup. Did it come out slightly grey? Uh, was it like that Oliver yeah. Twist yeah. sort yeah. of like gloop? You know, when you put the knife to it and it's like, oh no. They're not the baby doesn't have teeth for this. So uh, anyway, and then I got in a huff because I spent so long making it, and then I just stormed out. So yeah, laying downstairs picking up the pieces of my my meaty diet. But I have gone back to including a bit of meat. Somebody said last week we taught you're vegetarian. I was until I heard this book, um, Deep Nutrition, Catherine Shannon, which was a light bulb moment for me. With uh, you know, she just said, "Where do you get your glucosamine and chondroitin from? You know, you get these surgeries, and do you?" And I'm like, oh, my God, I got three surgeries on my knee and I never gave it the building blocks, which is one of the criticisms of vegetarian pet food. It's like, OK, are you adding in glucosamine and chondroitin and collagen and all the things your joints need? So uh, these things aren't added into dry food. And I wasn't adding into my own food. And that's why I moved. I think it was Sally Lawrence that said it. So, yeah, that's why I'm back to eating a little bit of meat. But clearly I'm out of the swing of it. And cooking it is just not my forte. I bet you guys are great. I'll tell you who's a good cook. So, um, um, you need to talk to Ellie. She's got so many little tricks. Shit. You know, I I oh, look yeah. at the I look at the fridge and it looks empty. She looks at the fridge and half yeah. an hour later there's some fantastic food on the on the table. Yeah, you lovely, know, it's lovely. it's it's absolutely crazy. Yeah. But there you go. Uh, guys, I've got a competition. Uh, Bren, have you got any any anything to bring to the no, table? No, no, I'm off? not going to interrupt the flow tonight because okay, <laughs> I know we've already had umpteen messages on Facebook. Thanks, guys, uh, for the reflection. I, actually, do you know what I just want to say tonight, I think, was yeah. set up by Connor. Thanks, Connor, for uh, an exercise in um, 
checking whether we're in cognizant cognitant dissonance, which is basically um, cognitive. cognitive dissonance. I don't know what I said. Yeah. Uh, from a point of yeah. view of, are we just shouting into an echo chamber, listening to what we want to hear, and not actually mm. reflecting on science that's evolving around us, and actually thinking, you know, oh, we need to deal with that, and we're not, and we're well out of the loop. Um, because, yeah, we've got lots of vegetarians in our audience, and, and quite rightly so, for various reasons, and we love them all, uh, but we also want to make sure that actually, you know, what we're talking about is right up there with the science that's current and out, uh, and I think um, it's always a good exercise. So there are some goods and bads in some of the papers that we've been looking at, and we just thought we'd pull this one, because it was uh, an interesting little paper. Um, and um, there are some woeful things in it, um, and there are some little bits mm. of interest. But uh, so please bear with us out there. Don't don't give Nick a hard time because he's he's taken a beating what? this week for <laughs> being anti-vegetarian. Why? <laughs> I'm not anti-veggie. No, not in the slightest. No. What's wrong with you, Nick? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll tell you what. Um, I'll tell you what really gets me about this paper. Okay, so I've said my piece, and everybody knows I'm not anti-veggie. Absolutely great. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. But yeah, I tell you, if bit. what gets me about this paper is it's bad science, and it irritates me because it's bad science. If this paper was about raw food, I'd be even more furious than I actually am because it it paints science in a bad light. Okay, and if they want to do that about vegan food, fine, that's their thing. But if they did it about my thing, our thing, which is raw food, and they were damning damning raw food with bad science uh, i would be really 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 upset about that if they had some good points and the science turned out that actually raw food was actually not as good as we thought it was we would have to change our story a man who can't or a person who can't change their mind can't change anything as i think abraham lincoln once said yeah, yeah. So move with the science. If the if the science changes, then the narrative changes. That is the way it should be, and yeah. that's 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 something that maybe we haven't seen over the last three years. So, yeah, um, I think we're in a good position to do that mm. because it's not like any three of us are took rigid like religiously to one particular diet. I mean, you ask any of us how much veg should you use, and neither of us have an answer. It's like oh, I don't know, yeah. ten percent, whatever it suits, but not too much, you know. I'm eating, but. So like it's a, this vagary that we have that you know we think he's a meat eater, but it might have a little bit of veg. And if you're going to give him veg, then you might give it a, whatever. So we have that advice. But like we mm. would vary if somebody turns around with a study and says, "Lads, it's pretty definitive. A fifty-fifty meat and veg diet is way better for the dog." I would hands. I would just jump straight in. I want my dog to live as long as possible. I am not wedded to anything. I don't have this career that's based on he's a, he's a prey model eater or he's vegetarian. And I think this is one of the main problems with the guys that are bringing out these papers. They are invested in this. So you've got, you can name the two scientists that are always involved, uh, two, two guys, stalwart vegans, and they have a career built on pushing, pushing uh, veganism and that it's fine for dogs. Now, once you bet in on that principle for 20, 30 years, you have to understand there's, a, there's quite a lot at stake to keep that point going. And so it's very hard to move away from that point where, Okay, you know, shit, you are right. There is like CLA, DHA, EPA, you know, B12, uh, D3, K2, all these nutrients that aren't in plant matter. And it's like, oh, yeah, maybe that was actually kind of important. 
And so it's hard. So instead, they keep coming up with these, as Nick says, atrocious studies. And if, so, if they forget all the evidence, all the solid studies that show this probably isn't a good idea, and then they have this one crap study, and then this one crap study, depending on the on the feel of the day and whoever's putting money where, and the Vet Times will happily put it on the front of their magazine and say, vegan dogs may live two years longer, you know, after interviewing 100 vegans, you know, so what do you think they were going to say? But anyway, so crap science seems to just get to the top. They'll find a crap study and then they'll hold it up. We found one. And it's like, mm. but what about all this? No, no, no. Forget about all that. Look at this one. Don't look at that. You know, and so, yeah, it really is. Look over here. Not over here. Look over here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so let's... If, if the vegan lobby, if the vegan lobby came out and, and were actually able to prove to me that I would live longer, be happier and healthier and everything else, I would go vegan. I'll tell you now, okay? And I would feed my dog vegan food. If the science proved that, I would go that way. I'm just going to say that for the record, okay? So if, you know, Andrew Knight, if you're out there, I'm really open to be converted. So please do come along. By the way, um, we do. We 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 want to thank our patrons, patreon.com forward slash raw pet medics, and we really want to thank our the people who listen to us on podcast. Yeah. So hello, yeah. if you're walking the dog and getting rained on and everything else, and you can't find the dog, we are with you all the way. The soothing sounds of Orpia. we are. We are. Let's, guys, Brent, let's what, get was, into what it. was your? Let's get into it, Brent. Pick out something. What was? Well, uh, what's first, on your list first, there? Firstly, yeah. I, think I dare that, you, guys. I'm just guys. I'm just going to dare you. I'm going to say, let's have a little competition. Who can find the biggest glitch? Okay, start with the small ones. Who can find the biggest glitch, and we can out glitch each other with this? I think that's going to be an entertaining way to look at this paper. There it is. Yes, I think I got. Still... One, two, three. Four, mm. five, six lines in, <laughs> and I was like, "Hmm." Yeah. Um, there's a little bit about phylogenetic and um, anatomical physiological uh, traits mm. which make our dogs no longer carnivores and turns them into omnivores. Yeah. Uh, I think that's six lines in from the, the word introduction. Uh, I think that was probably my yeah. biggest. Um, hold on a moment. Uh, now, they, I believe, are quoting in those references the uh, stuff about uh, amylase and you know, genetically yes, be able to... Axelson. Uh, but, yeah. however, um, and there's a whole thing. As one of our wonderful followers got sent something by these guys saying how, well, actually, their back molars are flatter than wolf molars so that they can grind plant material. And I was like, um, hold on. There's two great carnassials <laughs> stop a side to side. In fact, there's a joint at the back of their jaw that stopped them from you know, moving Open their mouth. All, they have. Now, all of those like bears, that. all of those other omnivorous creatures have the ability to move their jaw from side to side. You know, and that includes it's us. Grind. And that's and, yeah. and literally dogs cannot do that unless you break their jaw, of course, which is not what we're advocating. Ooh. And please don't. Um, but so they are, the, you know, just the start point there, let alone gut length, let alone. Uh, so, yeah. so that, you know, big blooper, I think, seven lines in. Yeah, okay, I, I, can think, beat, yeah. I can beat you on that. The first line of the abstract. Can you see that? Yeah. First line of the abstract. Oh, the abstract. Uh, the abstract doesn't count. You should never encourage well, people to read abstracts of papers. That is the worst way no. to read a paper, by the way. I had this argument with somebody uh, as well. 
please you do not to me. do not read a summary and think that that is the be all and end all of a paper. Um, always read everything, including method um, and the results. So, did you ever okay. see the study of the of the guys jumping out of airplanes with parachutes? And they said that um, parachutes, with or without parachutes, um, it didn't affect everybody lived when they hit the ground. And it just, that was the summary. Parachutes are not important when you're jumping out of, or have no effect on mortality. Uh, and so also the study and the whole study it's, it's such a great study and the whole thing is perfectly done and only when you get into methods and at the very bottom of the methods they're showing here's one photograph to show you what sort of how we were jumping out of the plane and the plane is sitting on the ground and there's a, oh, yeah. there's a, there's a lady jumping out of the plane jumping about that height and so the whole study was done very seriously to show people that are reading abstracts and summaries and introductions it's all nonsense you get to the nitty-gritty of how they do it and they were all jumping two foot from the plane onto the ground. So it didn't matter if they were in the parachute or not. And the parachutes didn't deploy in the results and stuff, you know. So, yeah, abstracts and summaries, very crafty. You can get all sorts of bullshit in there. Nick, go on, your first line. Okay. The abstract is just a summary. And it gives you a little pointer. Do you want to read this or not? Okay. But it's not the whole thing. But the first line says, domestic dogs can maintain health on complete and well-balanced canine plant-based nutrition. So they they are they are stating their position. They're stating what they believe even before. They're not saying, "Here's our hypothesis, guys. We would like to investigate whether they can or not." They're saying, "This is the fact. We're this just going to prove it. We're going to yeah. prove it." Okay, which, which is what we're all guilty of doing because we all have our biases. But science is about saying, "I wonder about this." problem let's set up an experiment to investigate. investigate it you know we'll get this bunch of people doing this we'll get this bunch of people doing this and we'll compare the two and see what the reality what see what yeah. nature teaches us totally. that's totally. what we should be doing to to uh to brent's point here when i picked out the same first paragraph as well to that irritated me and the line is in comparison to the carnivorous wolf the domestic dog is an omnivorous species based on phylogenetic context and key anatomical physiological traits, key traits. Now, that would necessitate ignoring all the key traits that make him a carnivore. I mean, all the key traits, you know, that, that as, as you were saying, the shape of the jaw and the forward-facing eyes and the taste buds adapted to carnivory and the really short, fast intestinal tract with no cecum, that they only choose meat and meat-based trials like the, the state of their gut floor, everything about this animal screams kind of the, the hinged jaw with no sideways movement. It's just key traits. So the key traits mean a bit of selection has to go on to find what are the key ones, whether what do we tell you they are. And the key trait, as Bren said, is about this amylase produ uh, production. Um, the, 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 in the same paragraph, Bren, they go, it goes on and they, they, they go on there and it says um, uh, another statement that they leave hanging unreferenced. Uh, evolutionary adaptions have resulted in a digestive system that enables dogs to maintain health, that needs a reference, uh, on nutritionally complete omnivorous diets, including those free of animal ingredients. That really needs a reference. If you're maintaining health, what, what's your definition of that? And, uh, and they could do that on free uh, on animal ingredients. Um, there's one other study they could have referenced there. It says demonstrating dogs have nutrient, not ingredient requirements. And I think, honest to God, that is the crux of this whole thing. You know who wrote this paper when they make a statement like that. Do not look at ingredients. It's all about the nutrient panel. It's all about protein and carbs and fats and amino acids. That's all. That is Mr. AFCO. That is the Mr. Pet Food. That is Mr. Corporation telling you, forget about ingredients and the stuff your mum gave you, you bloody caveman. 
Just look at the ingredient panel, because it's working out so well for the West. Look how healthy we are living off that way and counting calories and all the other bullshit they sell you. That stuff doesn't work, but they need you to focus on the ingredient on the nutrient panel because the ingredients are dog shit. You wouldn't give them to the mother-in-law. So that's why they want you looking at these percentages. So when somebody says something that dogs, uh, dogs are unique in the whole world, demonstrating dogs have nutrient, not ingredient requirements. I mean, what utter bullshit, scientific nonsense. The fact that this got peer reviewed, although it's not published yet, it's on Med, it's on uh, Medivix, isn't it? It's not, it hasn't been published yet. It hasn't been peer-reviewed yet. It is not peer-reviewed. However, it has made 11 cases, 11 posts on Twitter already. People who are keen on a certain narrative are putting yeah. it on Twitter. So, again, be careful, yeah. guys. Be careful what's your, what's you your next one, Nick? What's, okay. your, what's your next one? Uh, okay, really, really, really basic. Um, they don't mention the ages of the dog. They All they did was they went around the faculty... And they said, right, has anybody got some dogs? We'll give you free food and free treats uh, for a year. And we just need to take bloods now, six months and 12 months. That was it. No ages, range of dog. Um, uh, uh, we don't know what they were eating before. No, they had to difference. eat a meat, meat-based diet for at least 12 months before. Okay. Uh, yeah, but that, what does that mean? What does that uh, yeah, mean? Yeah, it's yeah, a no. commercial just, yeah. meat-based I'll, diet. I'll get into that. What does yeah. that mean? Is that a raw? Is that a fresh? Is that a pibble? I think that that, that, that is that should be noted because it's yeah. very yeah. easy to know. So it's a small point, but they're not starting off from the right place for me. I have yeah. in, in some of the people, some of the tweets, I think they're said no, one of the articles. That Arunas, who's here this evening, Arunas, hello, he's Mr. Rocchetto. Yeah. He sent me an article and uh, it was saying that the ages from two to nine years old, but actually in the paper, there's no mention of the ages of the dog. So this is fundamental age, breed, and sex, surely. You know, we don't even know the sex of the dog. They mentioned so, a mean age. Fiona Murray says a mean age of four. If yeah, what's that? That's the mean age of us three is. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah, yeah. You, you can still <laughs> top load it and have a baby in there. Yeah, Just horrendous. Can... Okay, and I've got a lot to say about mean and median. Okay, because they talk about got... weight. They say they say the average weight of all these dogs, meaning some of them are overweight, some of them are yeah. underweight, and here's the average yeah. weight, and it doesn't yeah. change. Does that so? Does that mean that half of them got even fatter, or the fat ones got thinner, and the thin ones got fatter? Yeah. It, yeah. Really bad. For Who? fifteen dogs, for fifteen dogs, you can easily display that information in a table. Really easy. Fifteen dogs, oh. by the way. The fact that they're using fifteen dogs, <laughs> big warning sign. Big because they can run that experiment three times and then pick the results of the best one. And that is what big corporations do. They've been caught at it. Uh, look, the meat-based diets things, as, yeah. as you're saying, meat-based to in in pet food land, particularly uh, the, the these sort of guys. Meat-based means with beef or with chicken. Okay, that's been in previous studies that these guys have used. So their definition of meat-based can be a cereal-based pet food with 4% beef bone meal in it. Okay, so not meat, bone meal. They call it meat and bone meal. So 4% bone meal from a renderer's vat is the meat addition in their meat-based dry food. God forbid they actually they compare it to real meat-based dry food, because when that's done, we know that it will lose us badly. So in essence, what they've done is compared their well-made vegan dry foods. They've compared what they've made, what could be good quality vegan dry foods, uh, 
and where they use they could use good quality vitamins, good quality mineral supplements compared to the standard cereal-based pet food, which uses crap, right? So they can make small improvements to their vegan dry food, hit the nutrient contents properly, and make an effort at actually providing the dog some optimum levels as opposed to minimum. So I don't doubt that they can make this vegan pet food as good as a cereal-based pet food, which is largely plant material with 4% bone meal in it. That's vegan pet food. I mean, they're comparing their product. This is, this is a classic unfalsifiable comparison. They're comparing plant-based pet food to plant-based pet food. There is almost a difference between hair and fur between them. So that they do as well as what we consider level one of 10 pet foods. Cereal-based pet food is the absolute worst thing you can be feeding your pets. And they are saying our vegan pet food is as good as that stuff after a year. Oh, well done, lads. That's just fantastic. I mean, what a success. They use the word meat-based and they don't give you the ingredients of the meat-based. They don't list that. That's a massive problem. So your control population, we don't get to know what they were eating. I mean, that's a huge thing. And what they tell us later on, there weren't, even a, no, no, there weren't even a control population. It was a meat-based diet. That was, oh, was yes, a correct. Diet before, and then they've just taken this. We've not got a yeah. current running control. Yeah. So don't, don't, please yeah. don't say it's a control. So this is, yeah. So it no throws into this thing. Fundamental. They, yeah. Yeah. They throw it this word omnivore because they've got to get the word omnivore in that. Because if that's true, if you're an omnivore, well, then 4% bone meal, so that's a, that's a meat based diet. Because if you're an omnivore, it doesn't matter if you eat 90% meat and 10% veg, okay? Or maybe largely plant matter and a tiny bit of meat now and again, which we like to say are your black bears, 20% animal matter. So, like, you know, it does matter whereabouts on this scale of an omnivore. To suggest that an omnivore's diet is largely plant material and 4% bone meal is idiotic. And, to, and if you follow that a meat-based diet, you've got massive nutritional problems going around your little head. So, uh, yeah, the meat-based diet. Brian, what was your next one? Um, so, well, we've, we've covered so many just in that little rant. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we keep going. I, I think, you know, from a point of view yeah. of uh, then the... Uh, the interesting bits about, you know, there is no control. Um, they certainly don't yeah. bring in a lot of the markers that we would normally look at, which is, you know, what are going on with the, um, the ages within the, those uh, dogs, what's happening within, so that's the, and the glycation end products, the, um, the um, homocysteine inflammatory, inflammatory markers, markers and stuff. Yeah. It just started to get into a little bit of 12 months. Is that sustaining life for a whole year? There's, there's levels. So there's another thing of what your plasma levels are, but then actually your tissues act as a resource. Your body effectively will mobilize stuff out of your tissues. You know, uh, many yes. people will end up with uh, muscular weakness, muscle mass loss, um, you know, reduction in their hemoglobin levels if they're on long-term plant-based diets. Purely and simply because of that amino acid mix eventually gets drawn out of the reservoirs and then ultimately yeah. they start to then right. become deficient. But that can take years. Years. You can store enough B12 for five years. Yep. So like, you, I mean, it is just, it's a, to be B12 deficient takes a SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, eating the B12 or some other disease that I don't know about. But to be nutritionally deficient in B12, when you just have the tiniest bit of meat in your diet, is almost unheard of. It's very, very difficult. So this, this, so what Brett is saying is that you store a lot of different types of vitamins and minerals in your body. So if you're just testing the blood all the time, well, your liver will say, you need more copper, take it. You need more copper, take it. So that you test this after a year means nothing. And then they just tested vitamins and amino acids. They didn't test minerals. I mean, if you tested the vitamins 
an amino acid profile of smokers versus non-smokers after after a year. Do you think they'd be vastly different of vitamins yeah. or or obese people? So if you if you measure the blood concentrations of vitamins and bloody and, and amino acids in obese people, do you think they'd be vastly different? Probably not. And so does that mean obesity obesity is a healthy state to be in? Absolutely not. It's a disease state. So this these are just things that they've picked out and as Brian said, left out the critical bits that we know would have been oh that's a little bit telling. Yeah. yeah. Bullshit. Fiona Murray rightly says that that 60% of the dogs had urine crystals, which is pathology. Yeah. And yet they, 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 the, the authors, thank you very much, authors, were saying that the dogs were healthy. They also said that something like 20% were obese, and yet they were healthy. Sorry, inverted commas. Okay. And, and if you look at the details, 20% had... Uh, uh, Heart markers which indicated damage to the to the heart tissue. Twenty percent of the fifteen. Is, is that? Dogs do you want this bringing in at this point? Is this? No, not yet. Right. That's for later. That's for later. Oh, he's yes. saving us. Oh. He's saving the big oh. ones. It's a oh. goodie. It's a not yet. Hold, hold. <laughs> uh, yeah. In in relation to that, uh, in relation to crystals, listen to these stats. Now, these are dogs. These are fed complete dry food. Don't forget. So you, they should be really healthy. Um, we identified crystals in the urine from 60% of the dogs, 9 out of 15. Uh, and so, and, they could, and a lot of them continued on. And that was it. And they're just, um, they didn't mention where the crystals are coming from or what point at the end, who had crystals or whatnot. Like that sort of vagary is like, oh, they just had crystals in their urine. Totally normal. Mother Nature designed these guys to get absolutely excruciating stones in this young age, median age of four crystals in your bladder. Why? Where's your urine? It's staggering that that stuff goes into the paper and it's like, so that was fine, you know. Um, oh, my God. It was, yeah, that was a big one. That was one of my big ones, actually. Um, I've got another big one here. Uh, yeah. The Wiggle Biscuits. The, the dogs were fed the kind kibble, yeah, i.e. the yeah. kibble. So, so, number one, it all came from one batch. So it means that after a year, that probably wasn't quite as shiny and new and and, and 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 brimming with fresh vitamins and what have you okay we'll yeah. talk about vitamins in a minute <laughs> okay so uh so there was that and wiggle biscuits which which is a significant part especially for smaller dogs they didn't even mention mention the uh in the nutrient that that's that's the nutrient profile okay for the food yeah the main part of the diet but not the not the thing so they missed out an entire section of that which the dogs were eating. Yeah, and okay. these dogs weren't living in a cage in a laboratory. These dogs were house pets. And as house pets, pick up bits and bobs. Yep. They go foraging, particularly if they're vegan. Do you know, so it's like, are you going to control <laughs> how, much, how much cat food did that dog eat just there? You know, how much grass, how much berries? How much, what, when the, did, did your, you know, your, your mother-in-law come along and give us yeah. some sausages? You know, was any of this controlled? That's why these... These studies are like bottom tier science. This is like a, this is essentially the same as the other vegetarian diet, which is a survey. And so like, it, this is like the bottom level. This is like something that it will be an indicator for need of a new study of something else. It'd be like the setup for a bigger study. It wouldn't be evidence that we need to shift dogs to vegan to save the planet, which alone is a, is a, is a big, Sorry, so I think, rewind, one. rewind. Come on. You can't just do that throwaway card. You know, vegan saves the planet. It has to be mentioned. Nick, you've ah. got to jump on that one right there. Okay, there are two, there are two main arguments for feeding your dog a raw, a, a, a vegan diet. Number one is that the dog is going to be healthier and live longer. There, there are studies and studies and studies 
looking at, at humans, for example, and there is no evidence to say that uh, vegan humans live any longer. When you took all the, take all the confounding factors, the fact that vegans tend not to drink as much as your average uh, vegetarian or omnivore human being, um, and they tend to be much more, much more careful about, you know, and they may go to the gym more and what have you. They're just more conscious of these things. So when you look, they don't, a vegan, vegan diet doesn't make humans live any longer. And I don't think it would make dogs live. Any, in fact, on the contrary. The other thing is, um, uh, hang on, what was I going to say? Oh, is it going to save the planet? No, it's not going to save the planet because most vegan food comes from monocultures, monocultures of wheat and corn and... Um, Soy. Soy, which is they have to burn down the, the Amazon rainforests in order to soy. So, so and, 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 and in the States, 7 billion creatures every, every single year die in order to produce just the, the, the arable crops. Okay, that's a very vague figure, but it might be 4 billion and it might be 9 billion, but it's in the bees, it's in the billions. So, so the idea that you're giving your dog a vegan diet in order to save animals and to Made save in the, US, the planet packed as a big plastic box blown yeah. from the US to your yeah. doorstep in the UK and you're saving the planet give me a break what it they do with the cattle with the cattle so this study the was done in California yeah. let's just let's just say so oh. they were you oh, know okay. it was low oh, food miles for yeah. the study in California <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, like I, I just think that the cattle stuff. Look, the, the cattle thing we've gone gone through it a few times. And guys, if you're under any illusions that that cattle are the problem for greenhouse gases, you're you're, you're you're not reading the right stuff. And read the omnivores dilemma. And yeah, um, so like there's there's lots. The carbon thing was what actually pushed me eventually to to make a proper leap at that about maybe ten years ago. I said, oh, that makes perfect sense. But you were looking at the ish the 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 carbon production from um from a, a AFO reared cow that's fed wheat and corn and that is one carbon energy hungry beast because you're feeding them wheat and corn and they're belching and farting all sorts because it's a backfiring engine because cows don't eat wheat and corn so we know this uh, but when you look at grass-fed cattle what they take out of the equation is the fact that cattle eat grass and then poo it out into the soil which builds the soil which sequesters carbon so they are carbon sequestering while they're farting at the same time and then you get to eat the cow which is incredibly energy dense. So when you talk about the nutrient content of plants and whatnot, that pales in significance to good quality meat or liver or eggs because you only have to eat a little bit of that to hit so many vitamins and minerals and fats. Whereas if you want to try and get that from plants, you have to eat a huge volume of plants which come with calories and carbohydrates. So we have this big con about carbon, which is nonsense. And you've got to remember, guys, that they tried to tell you eggs were bad and we now know that's nonsense. And still they go on about it, okay? You need as many eggs as you want. It was bullshit. They tried to tell you that about saturated fat. It was bullshit to sell more margarine. We now know it, that's not what the case is, although doctors still today are going on about saturated fat. They tried to tell you a bit about cholesterol so they could sell you statins and all the other crap. Statins, the world's most successful drug. Billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of this drug. Is it useful? Almost certainly not. It adds 1 in 40 days to prevent heart attacks, 1 in 80 days to prevent death, but then it's got these massive side effects. Listen to Malhotra on YouTube. And he just destroys the statin industry. He's one of the UK's most prominent cardiologists. It, you have just, you've got every single drug. It's just dizzying. I'm just getting annoyed now. So I'm getting dizzy with my, my <laughs> It's going slightly red. I can actually see. Yeah. I feel the heat. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I've got another one. But Fiona, another I would one. just like uh, to say, Fiona, absolutely. Oh. In that oh. section where it starts to go on about nutrients, it does talk about um, the allowable daily intake for glyphosate for humans. 
actually given us a, um, you know, that this is a good thing. Yeah, you can give glyphosate. They'll be yeah. fine. There's yeah. not. That's the there's, optimum there's, level. There's no liability going on in the States right now for glyphosate levels in your diet. Prove. <laughs> prove it's bad for you. That's what you got to do. Good luck proving tiny bits of glyphosate are bad. You, you never will. You know, so... Um, um, and you can see the ingredients there at the start. I mean, you know, you you, you could go on, but this is, this is low protein, high carbohydrate pet food, okay? And all those ingredients that you can't pronounce half them, okay? They are all the vitamins and minerals they add into the mix on the belief that this George Jetson kind of mineral supplement pill is the way to help, even though the science on that is is very conclusive that it is not working out for us guys you cannot vitamin mineral your supplement your way out of a bad diet you just can't do it like you know uh, calcium supplements are linked to cancer natural calcium isn't uh, vitamin a supplements don't improve cancer uh, natural vitamin a if you're high in it do um, and, and you could do that with all we could do that with all vitamins minerals you know from your zinc oxides and that kind of thing there is like some positives in that they use zinc sulfate in this, which is way better than zinc oxide. But these are the small little changes that would make this pet food slightly better than the cereal-based ganks uh, that they probably compared it to. So um, that's all well and good. But this, this, this is a key quote from the paper. Okay. Um, they were talking, as uh, we touched upon it earlier, but the absolute state of the dogs that they were using at the start of this study makes you question, where the bloody hell did they get these dogs and what were these dogs eating? Lots, there were some of them were obese, a lot of them had yeah. stones. And then they go on about folate. And they just casually mention, here, the number of folate insufficient dogs decreased by 50% at end point. Lots of them went in deficient in folate. Uh, and this was, this is their quote, after switching from a meat-based diet to the vegan uh, kibble without supplement use. So I'll read that again. Here, the number of folate insufficient dogs decreased by 50% at end point after switching from a meat-based diet to vegan kibble without supplement use. When you look at the picture, I've just highlighted folic acid. They've added folic acid into the pet food. So they say like, oh, we didn't need to add in folic acid. And it's just like, if I was V-Dog and I wanted my product to look good, and I'm not saying they did this, I'm just saying, if you wanted to be a little bit nefarious, you might say, guys, make sure you add a good bit of folic acid into that batch because we're going to be comparing it to folic deficient dogs. How do we know that wasn't the case? To say that you didn't supplement the dogs, you're feeding them supplemented food. So it's just an absolute nonsense that you would pick these nutrient deficient dogs that were already fed a pretty much a vegetarian diet and put them on this vegan food full of vitamin and mineral supplements. And I have to admit, some of them are better than this cereal-based gank. Well, yeah, some of, their, some of their nutrient levels improved, but some of them are still a bit deficient in folate. How is this being held up? as this is going to be optimum health for your dog. This is like, we can just about get there on a few little measures. That's what they're telling you. And you're going to go off and, and the vegan movement is growing, not rapidly as they pretend it is. It really isn't growing rapidly because the number of vegans in the planet is still quite, quite low, 1% in the UK. So like, it's, not, it's nothing too worrying, but that this is held up as like, this is how to make the perfect dog. I mean, Jesus, I just thought that one reeked. Guys, let's carry on uh, on Patreon because we could go at this all night. Let's just let's get another few one or yeah. two little nails in the coffin. Yeah. Uh, uh, have we got any positives? Come on, guys. Patreon. We said this was an exercise yes. in cognitive dissonance. <laughs> Come no. on, give us one positive to leave these guys on to say how wonderful you felt about uh, this. Uh, I think the packaging looks really pretty. 
that's way better than mine. I love the green yeah. ears. <laughs> that's what happens. They become yeah. necrotic and then fall off. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually, I actually think, uh, I actually think that this food could be better than cereal-based pet food with four percent bone meal in it. That's what I think. I think this could be better than a lot of pet foods that are sold in vets. Wow! There you go. Four percent bone meal, except that the canola oil is gonna poison your dog because it's absolute refined crap. But then you compare that to the animal fat in inverted commas, which is rendered mess that comes from, particularly if you're in the US where they're stewing up all sorts. Uh, you know, perhaps if the product contains animal fat and it's made in the UK or made in Europe, I'd go with cereal-based pet food with animal fat sprayed on top of it and chemically preserved and all the other crap that this product also is. But if it's made in the US, I wouldn't be reaching for my animal fat and thinking that the 10% animal fat inclusion and 4% bone meal is actually beneficial to the dog in any way because these guys at least have good quality vitamin and mineral supplements on it compared to zinc oxides, copper sulfate, all that kind of crap, you know? So... They have made a tiny bit of an effort to go with the slightly better vitamins and minerals. That was my only puss I could possibly say about this product. But... Oh, well, bless. So, friend, what about you? What can you take from it? Your final words. What can I take from this? The most frustrating read I've had. No, no, what's <laughs> good bit? Good bit. What are your good bits? <laughs> just trying what are your to, good bits on this? to find a good bit. I uh, just really can't. I mean, you know, just the fact that it's processed food. Why? I mean, what to say that it's better mm. than some of the other high processed? Oh no, I can't. Yeah, I can't. No mm. spelling mistakes. There was no spelling mistakes. That's it. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was very. Oh, I think there was one. Uh, actually. It would. I'll, I'll tell you what. To... It would. <laughs> if 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 you had Re-based. a door that kept on swinging closed, you could use it to prop the door open. That would be quite. Oh, useful. that's a good idea. That yeah. would be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. positive. Oh, oh, yeah. they they yeah. went through a review with the university for ethics. They've not actually oh, said they've not actually said what the ethics were, but they <laughs> quoted an ethics yeah. review right at the beginning. Did you look at that? <laughs> Do you know what you've just reminded me of? Do you know why they did this in the US? I was going to say yeah. this sounds like a joke. The, the reason they did this in the US is because be the British Retinue Association, the British Retinue Association, wouldn't approve them to do it over here because the late the lady in charge, Brian, is this who's in charge at the moment in there? RCVS, RCVS ethics. Oh, yeah. RCVS. She it wasn't. She, didn't she say recently that uh, it's you're not allowed to feed dogs? Uh, what was her quote? That mm. feeding vegetarian dogs, and she said it was a welfare issue. Can't wow. feed them vegetarian dogs, wow. so you wouldn't get an ethics committee over the line over here. So uh, that's uh, why you would uh, do it over the US, where. You know, ethics only costs you a fraction of the price. Let's let's move on to uh, Patreon and I'll get to this uh, okay. pet biome piece, which is really Yeah, so if you want to join us over on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash raw pet medics. Um, we love to see all your comments uh, tonight. Thank you so much for everybody who's been having their own mini rants. For all of those people in support of vegetarianism, absolutely, we love you still, um, and it's great for yourselves. Um, have another think about your dogs, but certainly, um, you know, we love to see your comments and we love to hear from you all. Okay, so. Yes, yeah. cool. very good. Brilliant. All right, take care. Catch you on, guys. That was a great one. Enjoyed that. To the wall. <laughs> 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 <laughs>